Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And Swim Spa Dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. All right, it's uh, 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Uh, I just mentioned in the last segment talking to Brendan, who, of course, uh, does. Uh, is it Countdown to Kickoff? Is that the name of the show? Yes, it is. How long has it been that name? Like, you think, or did it change when you took the show over? No, it's as far back okay. as I go. Can you put that in my script for the next 10 days so I know that it's coming? Because, I mean, we're going to cross. By the way, we should also mention, on. so the game's on Friday, right? Friday night. Yep. What time's the kickoff? 5.30 kickoff. We're on the air at 4. At 4 o'clock. Saturday, we are doing our NHL free agent frenzy, and that is for our friends at Contract Equipment Limited. So uh, it'll be myself, Cam Moon, uh, Reed Wilkins, uh, Jack Michaels, the Oilers Radio Network, as uh, free agency gets started. All right, we're going to head off to... Uh, I've already received a hate text back from guys who are mad at me that I'm taking the Elks to beat Ottawa, and sure enough, Doug McLean has told me that he's going to inform A.J. Jakubik. He's going to wrap me out that I'm taking the Elks to win the game on Friday night, which is the official Stauffer kiss, kiss of death. Without further ado, uh, an Edmonton area product that willed his way to the National Hockey League, played roughly 400 games in the show, uh, and has worked several years now uh, in uh, Washington as a broadcast analyst. Never afraid to speak his mind. We welcome back to the show, Al May. Hello, Al. How you doing? Great, man. Good to be with you. Hey, what are your thoughts? Uh, Connor McDavid got 195 first-place votes, and then a writer from Pittsburgh picked him fifth. Uh, this despite the fact that McDavid, in the one game he played in Pittsburgh this year, had two goals points in his first start. Where, where, have any thoughts what? on that? Yeah, what, what, what is the uh, reporter in Pittsburgh? Who is it? Seth Rohrbrah. Wow, uh, that's that's mind-boggling. I think, you know, I think someone wanted the story to be about himself because there, there's no way. And even if you're a lawyer, and the way the, the 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 trophy reads or the award reads, there's no way that Connor McDavid doesn't win this. He's the best player in the National Hockey League, uh, hands down. It's not even close right now. I don't know if it'll be close at all while he's in the league. It's actually very embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, how how can you ever? Take that guy serious. Not that I ever have. Right. Well, I mean, McDavid had a 60-goal season, 150-point season. Stuff this year that we hadn't seen for a long, long time in the NHL. Um, And the Oilers have absolutely obliterated Pittsburgh the last two years out. They've crushed them. That game in Pittsburgh, they booed the Penguins off the ice after the second period. McDavid and Drysaddle played under 20 minutes because Jay Woodcroft called the dogs off in the third. It was 6-1 after two. McDavid got a penalty shot goal after they chased Tristan Jari in that game. And uh, Casey DeSmith went in, and McDavid just 
you know, skewered him right into the ice and scored. He didn't even celebrate. He didn't want to show Pittsburgh up because they, you know, Connor and Leon have got such respect for Crosby and uh, and Malkin. So, anyways, I don't know what the guy was watching. Maybe sometimes people uh, over, you know, how these like I'm not the biggest awards guy, and you're right. The story has become about that writer not picking McDavid, and that's uh, that's an unfortunate reality. Now, are you, do you watch the awards shows at all, L, or is that not really your thing? No, I, I'm, normally I go to the awards and everything other than the awards is awesome. <laughs> and I thought last night was painful to watch, but, you know, it, it, they're just too corny for me. The jokes are awful. Uh, I think the players, though, are getting better at their speeches and they're more heartfelt. But, uh, yeah, it was very painful last night. It was about two hours and 15 minutes of my life that I will not get back. <laughs> You know what? When you're privileged enough to broadcast the games, and then, and then you know I get to do the show, I live for the juice of the games. You know what I mean? And it's hey, it was devastated when Edmonton lost to Vegas. They had a really good team, and the Oilers were right there with Vegas. You know, two two after the first four games of the series, up in the second period of game two, out shooting Vegas or game five, out shooting Vegas seventy five fifty three. But that's what happens, and you you had some you had some close scenarios in Washington over there was yours as well. It, do you think maybe sometimes people uh, people think it's maybe don't appreciate it just might sound like an excuse to some of our listeners. Al, it's damn hard to win, isn't it? It's, you need everything going your way. And you, you know what? You, you have to have, I've, I've said this countless times on your show, you have to have the right roster. You have to have right management, coaching, all of the coaches. Uh, you, you need to have a great game plan. You need to be lucky, and you need to be injury-free for the most part. And, you know, you have to have depth. If you do have some injuries, some nagging ones, and it's so hard to win. There's so many things you could put. What I like about the salary cap era is that you really have to be intelligent with your team. You can't just be the New York Rangers buying seven or eight Edmonton Oilers to win a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, it's it, you need everything to go your way. It, it is hard, and, but you need a whole roster. And it's proven that Connor McDavid can't win by himself. Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Mess, they can't win by themselves. Uh, you need an entire roster to get you there. Your fourth line's got to be awesome. Your 6D got to be awesome. Both your goaltenders. But you, you need everything to align in order to win a cup. When's the last time a Canadian team won the cup? 1993, all the Montreal Canadiens, back when you were still playing. Uh, so here now we go. say it's in, before the internet. They all the Canadian team last before we all had access to the internet. That was the last time before the internet. So what's what's your theory on before the internet? Explain that to our listeners. Well, I, I just think the Canadian teams, the players are under so much scrutiny, and, and you know, everyone, oh, they get paid. Well, they weren't always getting paid, but I, I think, you know, the members of the media now, uh, they're, they're tweeting all day long. They're putting up 500 words for if, you know, if they're like a newspaper or whatever. Uh, the analysts, the, the, you know, all throughout Canada, the different media guys, it's nonstop. But then you add that to the fans, and every single one of us looks at our Twitters, our Instagram, you know, people that have Facebook. 
Facebook. You know, they look at it, and I just think the players up there, because they don't ever really get a rest from the game, uh, it, it, they, they get beat up, and I just think it's kind of overwhelming. And, you know, someone puts something out in the Toronto Star, and then it's regurgitated by so many other people, and then people take it as gossip. There's more rumor. There's more personal attacks. And in the United States, by and large, most of these cities, the players are anonymous, even as great as Alexander Ovechkin is. He can walk around the streets of D.C., and a good majority of people don't know who he is. In Dallas, the same thing. Mike Madonna, when I played with him. Uh, but you get a break. And you can do things. You can go to a golf course. You can go out to dinner, and not everyone's staring at you. You're not getting cat calls. You don't hear about it when you go to the grocery store because no one knows who you are. I think it's just you get a break from the game. The guys love to play. You talk about being a broadcaster. You you live for the juice of the games, and so do the players. But I think in Canada, it just gets to be overwhelming. You know, it's, people love the game so much. Uh, you know, I just remember being a kid in school. I was nervous on Oiler game days, and when they get they started getting the playoffs in the NHL, you know, I, I was uptight all those days. And, you know, all these kids that loved the game, that's all we could think about was the game that night. And then the next day you're, you know, either high as a kite or you were really regretting and you're down in the dumps over the results the night before. But in the States, not so much. It's a completely different. So you're saying, I think we can see there's way less pressure to play in the U.S. than there is in Canada. Um, I also think it's more difficult to rebuild in Canada. Okay, I'm watching what's going on with Calgary and Winnipeg right now, and Winnipeg doesn't want to rebuild. They've got players that don't want to stay there, Dubois, uh, Hellebuck. Uh, they might have to potentially move Shifley. I mean, you could get three first-round picks in the drafts the next couple years for those players. Each guy would warrant at least a first-round pick. Calgary has drafted a lot of American players that ultimately at some point or another, I mean, right away Adam Fox said, I'm never playing in Calgary. Uh, Johnny Goodrow did play in Calgary for several years, did not resign there when he became a UFA. Matthew Kachuk forced himself out of Calgary. It looks like Noah Hannafin's going to go that path as well. Um, is it what do you, So I might assert to you maybe Calgary should rebuild. I don't sense they want to. Uh, where's your headspace on it, that, Al? Well, you know what, I, I think it's just an example, I, I like to say all Americans don't, um, I, I think it is incorrect, because when you look at, you know, Calgary, they're a team that believed in the American players, and, and I applaud them for that, and I think it's great. Um, I don't care where you're from, I think when you're doing your interviews, your due diligence on players, uh, you, you, you've got to do it, and you've got to understand, Noah Hannafin should have been drafted way before he was drafted, and, you know, and Calgary ended up getting a very good player, but, you know, at some point you want to be in the driver's seat is where you play. You know, every one of us wants to win a Stanley Cup while we're playing, or at least one, hopefully one. And, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 you know, you think it's going to make your life complete, but as a player there's no, there's no more exhilarating feeling than winning a championship. And that goes for any age group, any sport, any level, whatever it is. But as a, a National Hockey League player, you desperately want to win the Cup. So uh, what I would say, if the, it is true in Calgary – and Winnipeg, those players want out, you know, they want to be somewhere where they believe they have a closer chance of winning. And, you know, what I, I look at, you know, Austin Matthews, who'll probably sign a, another deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because they're but, good. You know, Toronto's, Toronto's on the cusp. And Calgary, you know, it sounds like they went through some hell with Sutter the last few years and, you know, some of the old school tactics and, you know, verbally and what goes on. 
and, and it takes the fun out of the game, and then it kind of permeates to the community in Canada. You know, it's a black cloud over the team. You know, it's you're locked at home, you live for the games, and it just starts to become an, a negative talk. It, it's a negative threshold in the media. So I, I just think it becomes overwhelming. But to me, you still have to take the players at the best attitudes, regardless of where they're from. Uh, I don't believe in picking hometown players over other players just because he's from the hometown. I always say take the better player, and, and you go from there. Al, you mentioned Hannafin should have gone higher than he did. Had the Edmonton Oilers not won the lottery in 2015 and just drafted third instead of winning it, thank God, because they got McDavid. Uh, but if Edmonton had drafted third that year, McDavid and Eichel were going one and two. Uh, if the Oilers had drafted third, it was going to be Noah Hannafin. That's who the, the so he went fifth to Carolina. He was going to be going third to Edmonton in that draft year. The Oilers scouts loved him in that draft year. All right, uh, let's get to the Washington Capitals. Are they a team? The team that you cover? We've heard a lot of names. We're hearing, you know, we had Frank Cervalli on the show. Kuznetsov is on their potential trade list out of Washington. Um, Anthony Mantha. Some people have suggested Tom Wilson. We're closing in on free agency here. How active is Brian McClellan going to be? Well, you know, with with those names, we heard Kuznetsov had a really below-average season. Uh, Anthony Mantha, I didn't think the coach did him right the entire time he was in D.C. Then he suffered a horrific shoulder injury, a, a very bizarre dislocation that required emergency surgery from the amount of pain and what was going on with it, uh, and never got used on the power play. Uh, he'd get 15 seconds of charity time every fifth, fifth game, you know, because they played the one unit the entire time, and it's not like that unit was so extra special and spectacular at all times. But Manta, I think he's got a lot of positive attributes. Uh, maybe he wants out. I have never heard that. But I'm, I know he wasn't happy the last couple of years, especially last year, uh, with the ice time and the treatment he got. And, you know, it seemed like he could never get out of the doghouse or maybe out of his own way. But excellent defensively, a big body that can skate. And I think he's worth taking a chance on if it's a one-year deal. Uh, that he's playing on a $5.7 million contract. You know, does the team hold, you know, how do you move players around like that? Kuznetsov, uh, it's, I love when he's at the top of his game, but he's not at the top of his game enough. When he's playing against the Edmonton Oilers, he's always at the top of his game. But I think he has to have that mindset every night uh, of being the best player on the ice. Uh, the year they won the Cup, he was the best center all season long. In the playoffs, he was the Caps' best center. Uh, and, you know, he can skate uh, without taking his feet off the ice and can fly around anyone in the league, but you want him dialed in at all times. Do I think he's worth a chance? Yes. He's, I think he's got two years left on his deal. And then as far as Tom Wilson's concerned, I keep hearing it's a no from the Capitals, but you know I haven't been in the negotiations. I haven't heard anything on his new contract. Uh, does he want eight years? Well, he's going to be 30 at the end of this current contract, which expires at the end of the 2023-24 season. So if you eight years, he's going to be 38, 39 years old. Uh, you know, when that thing is expired. And I, I think that's too long. I don't think Tom's a player that's going to have that type of longevity. Like, he, he's not the he, – he's a, he's a great skater. He's a powerful skater, but he's not a smooth, fluid skater. And I, I don't know how long after that ACL injury, uh, you know, he's still got to get back up to speed. So, you know, could he get in a boatload? I'm sure he could. And would you? Well, it all depends who the other teams are dangling, how, you know, you know, it'd have to be a younger player with an huge upside that you know you can get good production.
production out of. So do I expect the Caps to be busy? Yes. They want to shed salaries. Uh, they do want to do a rebuild, but not like a total blowout like they did when they first got Ovechkin because that really made it tough to get a winning team in here for quite a few years. Uh, so I, I just look, look back at Sidney Crosby. When he went to, when he was drafted first overall to Pittsburgh, they had a lot of good veteran pieces in place, and they were able to come out of it pretty quick with Sid the Kid and Evgeny Malkin, but they had other players like Racky around, great leadership. Uh, I think Sergei Gonchar was there. Yep. So I, I think you want to be careful. You don't want to, you know, you still want to sell tickets. You want to sell advertising. You want to sell the suites. So uh, it's very dangerous to tank in a non-traditional hockey market. Final one for you here, Al, and I'm serious about this. How We have a pretty interesting geopolitical situation going on with Russia and Ukraine. You have a lot of Russian players in the Washington Capitals who are beloved. Has that? Have you noticed, has there been any, I mean, the, the American government's policy, at least in theory, is that they haven't been that involved in it. Some might debate whether or not that's actually the case. Uh, but because you live in Texas and you live in Washington, and I'm just wondering, like, have you noticed at all? And uh, it, it, is it because those guys have won and Ovechkin's thought of so highly? Um, is, is it been an issue at all, do you think? No, I think by and large, people understand these are just athletes living their dream, playing their game. They've got nothing to do with it. He's not a decision maker. Uh, you know, they they realize these guys have left the country to to experience a greater life. And, you know, he lives and abides by the rules uh, of America. And he's a great member of the community in Washington, D.C., what he does uh, for his, all this charity work, what he, you know, what he does in his spare time. Uh, he's been a model citizen here. And I, I look at that. And I think people are intelligent. And, you know, there, there are people that are clickbait that have been in media, but they usually lose their jobs when they go after, you know, different athletes for, for, for things like that. And I, I think anybody that, you know, mentions, well, I, I remember when all of this stuff first started a few years ago that the Russian players shouldn't be allowed in the league. Well, then there are so many other people you could go after that for in the, in the different leagues and the different sports. And it's discrimination of, of the highest degree when you start to do that yeah. because really these guys, are you know once I like I said everyone that plays in Edmonton abides by the rules and the, and is a is a good citizen. You look around the National Hockey League, even the NBA, all the different sports, guys are fitting within their communities. And whatever goes on from your home country, yeah. you are not responsible for. And I don't think you can be penalized for it. Yeah, I, well, I agree with you. And I mean, he is. I would argue the biggest Russian sports star in the world is he not right now? I mean, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, they're not great internationally in soccer. Uh, and I mean, maybe boxing. Uh, he's a pretty significant guy. Al, great stuff. Always appreciate your perspective. Yeah, thank you, man. Take care. You bet. One fifty-one in Edmonton. We'll wrap up orders now with this day in orders history when we return. Connor McDavid winning last night the uh, his third Hart Trophy, his fourth Ted Lindsay. He's won five Art Rosses and uh, won the Rocket Richard this year as well. It is uh, 153 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott uh, joining you in orders now. We go to List Day in Orders History for New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. I have a feeling I know where the first New West Travel trip is going to be this season. I just have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to be taking place in October and possibly in Nashville with the order schedule coming out today. We're going to go back to 2012, and here's Brendan Escott. 
Ralph Kruger named the head coach of the Oilers, replacing uh, Tom Rennie. Following season sh- uh, cut short by a work stoppage, and Kruger led the team to a 19-22-7 record. They finished third in the Northwest Division, missed the playoffs in his only season behind an NHL bench. He was replaced then by Dallas Aikens to start the next year. He left hockey for the English Premier League in February of 2014. Of course, he then came back and coached the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL. I mean, Ralph Kruger is like the Dosecki man. He is one of the world's most interesting. I think he did like a... Uh, I remember one year he wasn't at uh, the rookie tournament in Penticton in 2000 and... Uh, he was on the staff. Uh, he was on Rennie's staff. So we're thinking 2010. I'm like, where is he? And they're like, well, he's at a... He's at a... a European uh, Union Economic Forum. I'm like, what? Yeah, he's doing a speech on leadership. I'm like, wow. Different guy, Ralph Kruger. Good man. Uh, Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight. Brendan Escott, what's he got shaking? Yeah, a little bit more on the Edmonton Elks quarterback situation heading into Friday's game against Ottawa. You'll hear from Jets color analyst on CJOB, Jamie Thomas. And I mentioned earlier, Trey Fix-Wolanski, two-year, two-way contract extension with Columbus. You will hear from him as well. All right. Tomorrow is the NHL draft. The Oilers do not have a pick in the first round. That's round one of the NHL draft. They do have a second rounder. Guests on tomorrow's show, Sportsnet spec Mark Specter for Wow Factor Desserts. Colin Ruddle and the staff at Wow Factor Desserts. Brian Lawton, former NHL GM. Brock Otten will join us uh, as well from McKean's to talk about the NHL draft. And David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then Chelsea on Chad from 3 to 6. Back at you tomorrow at noon. Reed Wilkins tonight inside sports at 6.